Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Art fittingly battling for the puck in the corner. Five seconds to go. Up it comes to the line. Colorado has won the Stanley Cup. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at TFry at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. Time now for the lead. The lead presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Okay, I know we're supposed to be unbiased. I get that. But we know people in the Avalanche organization, just like we do with all the organizations. Um, how special was it to watch this team celebrate the way that they did? You know the guys on the ice. You go all the way back to Joe Sackick when he won a couple of cups. He's holding up the cup. <clears throat> and they. I think you said it best. They look like a bunch of kids out there. I was thinking about this later and even this morning too, also too, that it was a little bit like a private party that we were spying on. Yeah. They were not putting on a show for the cameras. They were not putting a show on for the fans in the stands. In fact, it was on the road. And there were a lot of people who actually stayed around for the ceremony who must have been Tampa Bay fans. It was really kind of interesting to see. Yeah. But I, I felt more and more as I thought about it, that we were kind of just being let in, standing in the corner and watching them part. Right. And I thought that was really gratifying. I got to give a lot of credit to ABC and the way they covered the cup celebration because it felt like NBC treated the NHL like an afterthought. Like an outdoor life network. Yeah. They stayed with it. They captured all the emotion I mean, it was hilarious when they were taking the team picture. I can't remember who skated in with the cup, and then it got dented. Dented. Yeah, it was that was a riot. But then you saw the family members on the ice. It was to to your point. We we were getting a five hundred foot view of a party that was celebrated amongst men and their families. There were a lot of instances where players thanked their fathers for getting them into the sport. That type of thing and supporting them. That's the thing about hockey. You really have to have family support because of the costs involved and the right. the uh, time it takes to drive to rinks and just the family energies. And so the families are all in it together. You have covered probably too many cup finals to count. Probably about 10. And you have been there or you've seen the cup celebrations. What made this different? Or was it not different? Was it ABC who just showed it? On television, was it local media taking video with their phone and showing Kadri holding the cup, and his dad's there, and then I think his mom walks in for a picture, and it was like everybody got a picture with the cup. Combination of all of that, but I, that, but it goes back to what I think is an interesting distinction about this team. It seems to be a like a, almost a cross section. You know, there's guys from Europe, there's guys which is not unique in the NHL over right. the past few years. It was just a real, a real cross-section of a roster of different backgrounds, of different family backgrounds, of different everything. And it, it really seems like it, this is one of the examples where a sports locker room is a real, real, real mix of people. And that 
you can get along if you is corny. Oh God, I'm going to get corny here. If you're pursuing a common goal, you create a bond that is unbreakable. And these guys will have that bond for the rest of their lives. And I was sitting there thinking, and their families sitting there thinking as I was watching that, this is something they will live for the rest of their lives. How old is uh, McKinnon? He's 26 now. He's 26. So let's go back five years. He was 21. Landeskog is roughly the same age. And Rantanen is roughly the same age. And Comfer is roughly the same age. Johnson's a little bit older, and I understand that. Yeah, Nathan is 26. Okay. So the core guys, who are really the core of this team, specifically, in theory, your top line, all draft picks, Rantanen, Landeskog, and McKinnon, right? Right. Your core guys. McCarr is now a core guy. I think my favorite comment, not to you know totally get sidetracked, Landeskog was asked after the game, this is a copycat league. What can yeah. teams copy from you? And he said, go get them. a Kale What do you think other teams will take away from your team's journey? Find a Kale McCarr somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> right? right. And by the way, did you see Bobby Orr tweeted out? Yeah, he did. He tweeted, congratulations to Kale McCarr. Right. It's, he, it's interesting the way you can reach people. They, they can have that kind of interpersonal relationship. Though it was impossible in the past, or right. it was quiet. Right. Sometimes, maybe in the past, he would have found a way to hey, get a call a coach and have him pass it along to him. Right. Now with the Twitter immediacy, we're seeing that kind of communication all the time. These kids, and they're still kids to me and you. I mean, all these guys are young enough McCarr's to be our sons. No, but I'm talking about Landis Cog, McKinnon, Wren. They're all young enough to be our sons. For me, they're young enough to be my son. You're old enough to be their grandfather. And I hate to say it that way, but it's just a fact. My point is, all these guys went through some very difficult times together. An awful 48-point season, in which they just weren't the worst team in hockey. They were by far and away the worst team in hockey. Scraping the salary cap ceiling. I right. keep bringing that up because it's it's the worst bang for the buck season in NHL history. And, and then, it's hard to imagine it ever being replicated. And then you throw in a totally green NHL head coach. Yes, he had experience coaching at other levels where he has won championships. But a guy that when they hired Jared Bednar outside of hardcore, hardcore, hardcore (laughs) hockey fans, you're like, who the hell is Jared Bednar? And by the way, I said something to you. I think it was last Friday. And I don't think you necessarily took exception to it. But allow me to allow me to um, extrapolate on this a little bit more. Not only. Not only did Patrick Waugh quit on the Avalanche, he also quit on the Canadians. When he doesn't get his way, he quits. And thank goodness he quit, not as a player, because he's the big reason why they won two Stanley Cup titles. It's a good thing he quit on the Montreal Canadiens. He didn't quit on the Montreal Canadiens. Even in that specific game, he was out of the game by then. And he said he made the remark to Ronald Corey, the team president, that I will never play again for the Montreal Canadiens. That's quitting on a team. He was going. If they had found a way to smooth it over, he, w- he would have stayed. Actually, the... Uh, he didn't want to smooth Canadian, it over. Yeah, he did. The Canadian media, he no, he wanted to smooth it over. The Canadian media exacerbated the problem by writing about him as if he desecrated the Canadian flag or something. The fact of the matter is, if that had been handled with maturity and calm, Patrick Waugh would have ended up staying in, staying in Montreal. He did, he did quit on the avalanche. I know that you lived 
the Red Wings Avalanche rivalry. And I got a chance to watch uh, the two hour, because I have ESPN Plus. I watched it Mm -hmm. on ESPN Plus, a two hour riveting uh, documentary, if that's what you want to call it. But you can make the case if Wad doesn't get shelled by, of all teams, the Red Wings, when Uh he was playing for Montreal, there is no rivalry. Uh, yes, that's probably true. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. It's the Red Wings who accidentally started this rivalry. Chris Draper doesn't have maxifacial surgery if Patrick Wad doesn't get shelled by the Detroit Red Wings. Well, a uh, secondary thought there. We were talking about Jared Bednar. I remember that first season when they were stumbling through to get to the 48 points. I asked. I asked Jared Bednar about oh six or eight times whether he's worried about his job security for the next season, and I did it subtly. I didn't. I was not a bludgeon. I didn't come out and bludgeon him with it. Right. I, I asked him subtly. Just, and there are ways to ask without coming out and saying it exactly. I asked Joe Sackick about four times: Is Jared Bednar going to be back next year, or, or should he be worried about his job? And finally, about the fifth time, Joe says, you got to stop asking that because my answer is always going to be the same. You're going to have to trust me on that. And I think that he was not, I have been involved in situations where that turned out to be a bunch of BS that, that they tell you that and then they make the coaching change. In this case, it was absolutely true. Joe Sackick had no intention of making a coaching change. Okay. Uh, real quick, and I don't remember all of the math and the dates on this. That was Bednar's first year, is that correct? 2016-17. I got news for you. Bednar was on less of a hot seat than Zakic was. Yeah. that's just, And I know that is absolute fact because I was told that by somebody higher up than Zakic. Well, as we noted, there was a financial component to it where they were, you figure if you're in ownership or any anybody involved looking at the avalanche from the outside, you're saying, Look at that payroll. They got a payroll right at the top, and they, they right. and they're they're stumbling through, and can't even win games. Well, think about this: the Avalanche n- nearly doubled their point total the following season. Made to, and uh, they had forty eight points in the sixteen two thousand seventeen season, and then the next year they had ninety five points. And Bednar should have been the coach of the year that year. He should have won the Jack Thompson, the Jack Adams Award, but he didn't. But that was because Gerard Gallant was coaching an expansion team in Vegas and to uh, an incredible accomplishment that season. So the following season, Sackick did save his job because I was told if it was going to be another bad season after that 48-point season, mm-hmm. he would have been gassed. But Josh Kroenke and Stan Kroenke were patient with him too, just like Sackick was patient with Bednar. Did you see them on the ice last night, the two Kroenkes? I did. It was really kind of weird. Uh, not weird. Uh, it just it was very noticeable that they were taking a very quiet, almost off in the corner role and letting the guys celebrate in front of them. That's kind of what they did. They were wearing Super Bowl. they were wearing the championship hats. Yeah, well, that's what. But they, they didn't interview them either, as to the best of my knowledge. I didn't watch every second of it. Well, I, I, they didn't interview them. They did after the Super Bowl. Well, there's a, here. Here's the thing: if you set yourself up in front of a local media member. Someone will ask about Comcast, and I'll be very honest with you. Mm-hmm. That's not the time or the place for it. No, I, I agree. I, I didn't think of that. That's a good point. because I didn't think of it because I wouldn't even dream of bringing that up in that context. Yeah, but somebody would. You think so? Yes, absolutely. Somebody would bring it up, 
and I think it would be totally unprofessional and inappropriate yes, in agree. that moment. I will tell you a quick story, um, and this dates back to the 2007 Rockies run to the World Series. Mm-hmm. And just give me a minute, Danny. I know that we are running on time. So this is when I was at Fox 31. We had all the games on our air, so we were the first on the field. And they had just clinched the National League Championship Series, uh, beating the Diamondbacks. And we were right on the field after the game. Chris Tanaka was in the locker room. I was on the field doing all the interviews. And I walked up to Charlie Montfort, and I said to him, would you come on live with us? And Jay Alvis, the former PR guy, um, as I'm walking away, because Charlie said yes. So as I'm walking away, Jay and I get along really well now. Back then, not so much. Yeah. Okay. And I see Jay mouth the words to Charlie. Do you know who the F that is? And you just agreed to go on live television with him. And I'm thinking, oh, man, this could get ugly fast because I was doing commentaries and I was very critical and yada, Mm -hmm. yada, yada. First question out of my mouth to Charlie Montfort. Tell me if you would have done this. I'd be curious because you've been doing this longer than I have, and I've been doing this for 30 years. I put myself in a position to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. I really did. I said, Charlie, there have been a lot of people who have been critical of this organization over the last two, three years. Remember, it was Todd and the Toddlers. I've been very critical about the way you have run this team because he was the owner then. It wasn't Dick. Yeah, There were owners, but it was Charlie who was running the team. I said, a lot of people have been very critical of this franchise over the last two to three years. And you know I have been one of them. Now that you're going to the World Series, what would you like to say to me? How do you like that? For yeah, Kurtz, but wow. You know what he said? No. Eric, we're all good. We're going to the World Series. <laughs> we made some mistakes in the past, but now we're going to the World Series. He was so incredibly gracious. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I put myself in that position to be vulnerable. My point is, is that I would have never brought up what happened over the last two to three years because I felt that would have been an inappropriate thing to say. I put myself in the spotlight. So what I'm saying is you put a young media member who doesn't understand the moment Mm -hmm. and has a bee in his bonnet because in his one-bedroom apartment (laughs) can't get Comcast, he's going to bring up I couldn't watch the games this year. And if I were Stan, I would have been livid because at the end of the day, it's a, let's celebrate. That question could be for tomorrow, but you never get in front of Stan Kroenke, so maybe that's your chance. But that would have been the inappropriate time to ask that question. I think in all those situations, you can at least take some of the sting away by saying, including me. In other words, it's not they. Right. I hate that. They're saying that yep. when you know that the person asking the question is the one right. voicing that opinion. Right. Don't give me that they crap. Oh, or, that's why I put myself out a lot out of there. people or a lot of people say. Right. And I, I, I would have, I always attempt to inject including me in right. that kind of a Well, question. I said, I'm near the top of the list. You know what I've been saying about you guys. So what do you want to say to me now? Yeah. And he was so great. I will never forget that as long as I live. It was one of the most gracious things I've ever heard anyone either say on television, more or less personally to me. I would have told you to bleep off. He could have absolutely torn me up. Coming up after the break, the Avalanche now have three Stanley Cup titles, 96, 01, 22. This 22 team would never be in the conversation unless they won a Stanley Cup. Now they are. 
So where did they rank? And Terry, you were there for the first two. We'll talk about it next. We are the champions. We are the champions. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman Fry. Watch us, mileisports.com. You can reach us, Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at T. Fry, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, I love talking about Windfall Brewing Company. Uh, I just went there for lunch with a bunch of people in my family last week. There were about eight of us. We had a great time. You're going to love going there. We brought a bunch of the kids as well. So we had lunch, and I think I've told you about their executive chef. He used to be the sous chef at Shanahan's. Everything is fantastic on the menu. So while after we ordered all the kids, we gave them a bunch of quarters. They, uh, have 23 pinball machines at Windfall Brewing Company. Pac-Man Golden Tea. The kids had a blast playing games while the adults sat around and talked. Um, my new brother-in-law, he had a beer. Absolutely loved it. I mean, Windfall Brewing Company, yeah, they're a brewery. 17 craft brews on tap. This place really has something for everyone. You can find them in the Orchard Town Center. Everything off that menu is absolutely fantastic. Head to Westminster, and you can make it a day or a night at Windfall Brewing Company. Time now for The Buzz. The Buzz is presented by Rocky Mountain Forest Products, where they specialize in wholesale lumber to the public. Go to Rocky Mountain Forest Products in Wheat Ridge or go to rmfp.com. Okay, so you have covered now all three teams that won Stanley Cups. I think we can both agree that while the 1996 team was terrific, the 2001 team you probably give the nod to. Is that fair to say? Yes, it is. Okay. Seven game series. 2001 team, 2022 team. Who wins? I've seen the light. I'm going to say the 2022 team. They won me over. I think, they, I they, think so too. It's very, very obvious. It'd be the kind of the situation we just saw with the Tampa Bay Lightning. It would be Patrick Waugh and Nett against, with the potential to swing the series. Whether right. or not he could do that would be, would be open to question. Right now, though, and I think that the other issue here, of course, is the 2005 implementation of the salary cap changes the formula. So it's really not completely fair to to roll them out on an equal basis. Well, it was easier. I'm sorry. It was easier in 2001. You didn't have a salary cap. That's what I'm saying. Right. You, so it's more difficult for this 2022 yes. team. That's, and that's why I give them a little more credit with bonus points. I, I wouldn't even give them bonus points. I would say they would wear out this 2001 team like they wore out the Lightning. Well, you had Ray Bork and Adam Foote as the top two defensemen on that team. Yep. And the, I think we both can admit that they are not gazelles. They, and they were Ray Bork was not a gazelle at that point of his career. There's a great saying in hockey, and you know it as well as anyone. You can't hit what you can't catch. And when these guys would, if, if Bork or Foot try to line these guys up, whether it's McKinnon or McCarr, <laughs> they, they, they'd be hitting air. 
I don't think they'd be able to keep up with him. And I th- and with Bork at the age that he was, and Foot wasn't that old, they'd get worn down. They would just get worn down. Patrick would be in the net as the last line of defense, perhaps able to get into this team's head. But we just saw the uh, this team's resilience in avoiding that phenomenon. So I, you know, the thing is though that the 2001 team had the had the unparalleled one-two pick your poison punch of Joe Sackick and Peter Forsberg. So yep. you got to give them a nod there, while acknowledging that Nathan McKinnon is one of the best players in the world. So the big, you know, the real answer to that question is we'd see, and we'd have a lot of fun seeing it. Yep. Yep. I mean, listen, Stamkos will go into the Hall of Fame. Yes. Okay. And the other guy on that line, and his name is escaping me. Kucherov. Kucherov. He's going to go into the Hall of Fame. You have to. Now, I am not suggesting Stamkos is better than Sakic. And I'm not suggesting that that um, Kucherov is better than Forsberg but they are still two Hall of Fame players. Forsberg is the best avalanche player ever if he had stayed healthy all the time and stayed Correct. here all the time. So that that's a two-pronged answer. So I always say Sackick's the best avalanche of all time. Do you know that Peter Forsberg is the last NHL player to not advance to the Stanley Cup final and lead the playoffs in goals or mean points? No. That was the year that he came back after missing the entire regular season. He had the most points in the playoffs. Yeah. And the Avs did not advance to the no, Stanley Cup. they lost in the finals. Right. Conference finals. And they played a Tampa team that you can make the case. Make the case. I'm not saying it's true. You could probably say, tell me better than I can. I think this Tampa defense is better than what the Avs threw out there defensively in 2001. Yeah. Right. I, I, I would and, agree with that. And at the end of the day, if you want to argue, and I won't argue it, that Patrick Waugh is a better goaltender than um, uh, uh, Vasilevsky, that's fine. But it's honestly 1A and 1B. Yeah, it is. Especially when it comes to elimination games, in which Vasilevsky is unrivaled by anyone in the history of the sport. The bottom line is that the goalie who could steal the series didn't do it against them in this series. And it, it would probably be the same with Patrick Waugh. The avalanche lines... And they did such a beautiful job defensively blocking shots, cycling the puck out. They just wore Tampa down as the game went on. It's as if the the avalanche throughout the playoffs were very similar to what Derrick Henry is with the Tennessee Titans. He just gets stronger as the game goes on. Or you can make the case he stays as strong and the defense wears down. For the Avs, they just kept getting better. They were buzzing like bees around a hive, and there was no answer for them throughout the playoffs. The only other one we should point out is the 2001 team did also have Rob Blake on defense. and so Rob was- Blake's hip checks, which were legendary, would, would have connected very infrequently unless he literally had a guy lined up on the boards. And the other three His hip were- checks were open ice, right? No, they, not necessarily. They but could they be were, behind the net. Yes. No, I know that. As but Peter it, Mueller. Right. But his hip jacks were best known for open ice hits. So, but the other three defensemen they have are somewhat non-entities, just solid players. The 2001 team in Skula, Clem, and DeVries. And so that was really a balanced defense with Rob Blake figuring in as the third guy. Right. All Hall of Famers. And, and people will argue 
against this 2022 team and say, well, five Hall of Famers on that 2001 team. And Drury, and Drury isn't one of them yet. Right. Right. But then you look at what this team, will Randon be a Hall of Famer one day? Might be. Yes, I think he will be. Okay. And then you throw in McCarr if he continues on this trajectory. Certainly McKinnon and Landis, Landis Scott. So that's four. And that's four. So, all right, coming up after the break, Kale McCarr, unanimous choice for the Con Smythe. If I'd been there, it wouldn't have been unanimous. We'll talk about that next. I've done my sentence, but committed no crime. And bad mistakes. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. What do you think other teams will take away from your team's journey? Find a Kale McCarr somewhere. I don't know. It's Kale McCarr! Winner... Kale McCarr, welcome back. Afternoon drive, Goodman Fry. Watch us, MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at T. Fry, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Low T99. Testosterone treatment made easy and affordable. For just $129 per month, they'll send you testosterone, supplies, and the price includes lab work. Go to LowT99.com. Kale McCarr, the first unanimous choice for the Con Smythe in NHL history. Unanimous choice. But you said leading in the break, you would have voted for McKinnon. Why? Because he had 13 goals in the playoffs. It's a, it's a totality of the playoffs. He was a leader on the team. He epitomized kind of the selfless attitude, kind of directing all questions about himself into responses about the team. I think he set the tone. I think maybe you had to be around that team all year to understand the intangibles involved there. And I could also make, I could seriously 100% make a case for voting for Landeskog also for the, for the Smythe. Now that doesn't mean I'm belittling or denigrating anything Kale McCarr did. I just think there were several, several of those guys involved who were, who were worthy of a, of a vote. Just for fun. Just for fun. And that was Buddy Tyler belting out, holding out for a hero, by the right. way. And they held out for a hero and got more than one. Right. Just for fun, I'll make the argument from a car and, and, and narrate it this way. I'm sitting in the press box trying to decide who I'm voting for for the Conn Smythe Trophy. And Eric, send, Eric calls me on the phone and does FaceTime. What are you saying? What? What are you telling me about why why it should be Kale McCarr? Well, are you for, but I'll give you my I'll give you my arguments. Who is the best defensive player on the ice for the Avalanche throughout the playoffs? Kale McCarr. Who is the best offensive player point wise? Twenty nine points in twenty games. The best offensive player in the series was was Nathan McKinnon. Cap. He's also a forward. Yes. He should score. He's closer to the net. He should score. <laughs> Very rarely. Very rare. A lot of uh, defensemen don't score a lot of goals beca- because they're working the point. 
and I'll throw something else at you. How often have you seen in all your years covering hockey any player averaging 27 minutes a game? Oh, there have been, there've been quite a few of those guys. But I, I, and that's, that is an important point. What he's doing it in all facets of the game. That's where, that's where Taves and McCarr were exemplary during the series because they were getting a lot of minutes in, in all facets of the game. They weren't just loading it up on power play time. They were doing everything. Right. And that's why they were separated uh, at times because Jared Bednar didn't want to leave them out for all the crucial situations together so they their minutes mounted even more. You you can and 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 Taves played twenty five, nearly twenty six minutes a game. McCarr played twenty seven minutes a game. So when you're playing that much hockey, I think offensively your numbers are going to suffer a little bit. Okay. I'm not saying now you can also argue when you're on the ice that much, maybe your points should be more. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Where you have you have more opportunities. The only knock I'd say I'd have on Kale McCarr is plus minus was seven. Landeskog was 15. He also had a couple of games where he made some mistakes, but he owned up. He did. And that was was just as impressive as what he did accomplish. So when we talk about intangibles, your intangible is spot on, that they took on the personality of two guys, this this team, and not a knock on Gabriel Landeskog. They took on the fire component, fire and ice, Mm -hmm. let's call it that, the nice cliche. The fire was McKinnon. The ice was Bednar slash Landeskog. And I agree that McKinnon is the straw that stirs the drink. Is that fair to say? Yes, and it was kind of heartening to, to see. He didn't seem to mind at all that Kale McCarr won the Smythe. And in fact, he's the guy who said earlier in the year that he's developing into the best defenseman in the game. Maybe not just now, no, he but said, he said He said player. He didn't say defenseman. He said player. Player. Okay. Which is quite a statement. So if we're talking about intangibles, and you're right about McKinnon, that he is the the fire on that team, and that's a great intangible, my counter to that is Cal McCarr is 23 years old, and look what he did. No question about it, but that shouldn't factor into voting for proficiency in ones in the uh, playoffs. Right? Sure. And, and we don't see what McKinnon does off the ice. And I agree with you. You don't have to necessarily factor in. He's just such a hardening story having come from uh, being drafted at 17 years old, winning, winning, the Calder, winning the Calder as the rookie of the year, and then kind of sliding off into where you're saying he's not, the, he's not only not that generational player, he's just a mediocre player. Who's period. that? McKinnon. Oh, McKinnon's not. You, you no, think, I'm saying at one point of his career, oh, I see. after he won the Calder as a rookie in that mer- – semi-miraculous 2013-2014 season, he kind of he kind of careened downhill a little bit, and it was apparent in, that it was it was not out of line to question whether he was ever going to be more than just a pretty good player. And he, he's turned into something more than that. He flipped a switch. Uh, he became a great player. He Now he's that generational talent. He's a generational talent. We didn't even foretell Here, him. This, this to me will not... How do I put this? This, to me, will determine, from your point of view, you, you might still stick with McKinnon, and that's fine. Yeah. The guy scored 13 goals, period. No no reasonable person. As a matter of fact, he scored. He had at least one point in 15 of the 20 games. Mm-hmm. McCarr had at least one point in 14 of the 20 games. Okay? Yes. So when we talk about the MVP, 
in any league, we always say one of two things. The MVP will go to the best player in the league, or if you take the guy off your team, how good are you going to be? So with that, do the Avalanche win a cup? If you take McKinnon off the ice, do they win a cup? If you take McCarr off the ice, which guy was more valuable? I would say probably McCarr in that, in that phrasing it that way. But I, and that's what that, and that, and that's why I would give him the award. Because if you took him off the ice, well, I don't know if they would have defensible. I understand that, yeah. but I still would have voted for. Because remember, it's McKinnon it, is is the most proficient player right. in the series, and and being you know, it's not necessarily that's like saying the Norris Trophy is to the is it to the best defenseman in the game, or is it the be- most proficient at the position? You can really get into, and in the Hart Trophy, especially, that's the one that gets into the debate over is he the most valuable to his team. I'll give you my one. You, in other words, you could you could have voted for Roman Yossi mm-hmm. as the most value as the Hart Trophy winner, yep. and also voted for Kale McCarr as the top sure. defenseman. Right, they are not contradictory. This would be another argument for Kale McCarr. The Avalanche swept Edmonton mainly because of Kale McCarr, offensively mm-hmm. and defensively, and Connor McDavid. That one playoff series is where he shined the brightest. No? Yes. Yeah. But I can see voting for McKinnon. The guy had 13 goals. Yeah. I, I mean. I also can, and Landis Gog had 11, I thought, and his component of leadership is also impressive. And he tied for the team lead in plus minus with 15, tying, of all guys, a rookie in Bo Byram. But the other aspect of this is that we're sitting here talking about several players who who merited mention for the Conn Smythe, a lot of times, and I think you've noted this, that it's pretty, it's, it's a no-brainer choice. Yep. And in the fact that it was unanimous should make you think, would lead you to conclude that that was a no-brainer. I don't think it was a no-brainer. Right, I can see that. But I think there was a groundswell of look at Kale McCarr, look at Kale McCarr, where McKinnon kind of got overlooked. Yeah. And you look at the final game, because you and I talked about this last Friday. Will the final game, the clinching game, if they win, will that decide who wins the Conn Smythe? And the answer is no, because McKinnon had a goal and an assist, and McCarr was held off the score sheet. And, of course, we're not even mentioning Nachushkin, yep, who merited mention and consideration in that. And uh, one of his goals was, quote, taken away when it went off a sk- because right. it went off a skate. Right. So I think if that had been a legitimate goal, he may be... He may even have entered the discussion more. He would have gotten a vote or two. When you have a unanimous vote, you're t- you're peeling away a couple of votes. Yeah, that's it. Even for McKinney, you're peeling away a couple of votes. Overwhelmingly, it was voted McCarr, but I can see McKinnon as well. I'm surprised you didn't say it should have been Darcy Camper. Why would I? I'm teasing. Yeah, he did. In the in three in three of the wins, his goals against average was point eight eight. Right. Yes. Tell your statistics. In his 10 wins, his goals against average was 1.74. He was good in the finals in games two, four, and six. Yep. And that that was three wins, three of the four. What do we have coming up on Argonaut Wine and Liquor, just in case you missed it? Well, fighting is a part of hockey, uh, not necessarily a part of baseball, although we do see it occasionally, a big fight in baseball on the diamond. Yesterday, we'll talk about that a little bit. And will there be a special guest at the Avalanche Parade on Thursday? That's coming up next right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry on Mile High Sports.
Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. This is not an original thought, but I've said this for years, and I've certainly stolen it from somebody else. The music is the soundtrack of your life. And there are certain songs that come up throughout the course of your life that make you think back to a certain moment of your life. And this is one of those songs for everybody who watched the avalanche during this cup run. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us. Milehighsports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at T Fry at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for a wholesale arm of the public, go to RMFP.com. Time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Just in case you missed it, is presented by Argonaut Wine and Liquor. You need to see why Westward named it the best liquor store in Denver. Five years running. Or order online at ArgonautLiquor.com. Just in case you missed it, Eric, as you mentioned, that uh, song, All the Small Things by Blink-182, the anthem of this Avalanche team on their way to the Stanley Cup. And after last night's game, Blink-182, the band's Twitter account, tweeted congrats to the Avalanche on their Stanley Cup victory. Um, And a lot of people in the comments are saying, come to the parade, come to the parade. You got to be at the parade. Do you think Blink-182 will be at the Avalanche Victory Parade on Thursday? Well, they also tweeted out a uh, video of the crowd doing the song. Self-congratulatory there. You know, that song is not a, it's 1999. It's been around since 1999, but it's, it's uh, become such a recognizable anthem. So yeah, get him to the, maybe uh, some of them, get him to the parade. I was going to make a, night comment about Comcast. I am not going to suggest that Blink-182 is a one-hit wonder, but I don't think they were atop the Billboard charts for multiple albums. If you have an opportunity to promote your band, uh, I'd show up for free. I wouldn't even ask for any money. Where do I get to play should be the answer. I mean, they're, they're a punk band. You know, they started in 1992. They played to 2005. Now they're back playing started back up again in 2009 up until now and I mean if we're really being honest besides that song how many hits do they really have they got some pretty good songs couple what's my age again what is your age again oh that wasn't a question (laughs) it's about when how nobody likes you when you're 23 oh gotcha well at least I'm pretty sure that's then why are they talking about Kale McCarr that way maybe they shouldn't show up no they should definitely be there I think the fans would go absolutely bananas they would would It would be even more pandemonium than it's already going to be. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of pandemonium, last night, between the Angels and Mariners, six players and both managers ejected after a brawl in the second inning. Uh, Fighting, big part of hockey. The guys drop the gloves. It's usually one-on-one. Brawls happen in baseball now and then. That's more of a team affair. And in basketball, it's a lot of posturing, getting nose-to-nose with somebody. Going up in the stands like Ron Artest. Well, that hasn't happened in a long time. Yeah, I know. And they had to they demolished that arena now because of Ron Artest. So. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> and in, in football, it's pretty rare. It's pretty rare to see fighting in football. They've got helmets on, so guys right. don't usually want to punch a face mask. Right. Uh, but which of the four major sports has the most entertaining fights, in your opinion? Well, it's got to be hockey because they sometimes there are still appointments 
guys who were ve- who were trying to be vengeful, and the fans know and see it coming. Baseball's a lot of hugging, not really a lot of fist flying. I mean, maybe the guy who's running to the pitcher's mound. I mean, what is the most memorable fight, in my opinion? Nolan Ryan. There you go, and Robin Ventura. Because Nolan Ryan was like 70, and Nolan and Robin Ventura was a young kid, and he got whooped by an old man who, by the way, could probably still whoop just about anybody. Just give everybody five-minute majors in all the sports and you'll be taken care of. Yeah. Old man strength is a real thing. Yeah, no I, would, I would be afraid to fight an older man. Uh, L.A. Dodgers at Colorado Rockies, 6.40 p.m. Mountain Time. Tyler Anderson on the mound for the Doyers and uh, Chad Cool for the Rocks. Rockies currently 15 games back of the Dodgers in the NL West. What will be the split of Dodgers fans to Rockies fans at Coors Field? I'd say one-third Dodgers fans, two-thirds Rockies fans. Fairly typical for the prominent teams that come in. And I, I don't have any problem with it. If they pay their money and get in, I, I've really lost the ability to get irate over that. For once, I'm going to agree with Terry. You really only think a third Dodgers fans? Yeah. I think it's going to be a lot closer Wait, to 50 ask me, um, I ask think it me might the, be 60-40. Ask me the question again. <laughs> what will be the split of Dodgers and Rockies fans at Coors Field? 60-40 Dodgers fans. <laughs> right? Yeah. There will be a lot of blue. Easily. Just like Cubs. Can just Danny like always influence you like that? Should What's I, that? Can Danny always influence you into No, the, tr- the truth is that Mandy asked me to meet some of her coworkers downtown. I was returning a text. I didn't hear the question. And what did you say? What did you say? One third. One third, two thirds. Dude, you are so Gave you an out, and you had to push it, didn't you, Terry? I'm sorry. Hey, what did Harold Letterman think of that segment? Okay, Jim. I think it's going to be 60% Dodgers fans, 40% Rockies fans. Back to you, Jim. That was Argonaut Wine and Laker, just in case you missed it. Fourth of July weekend is coming up. They got a whole bunch of sales going on. And listen, if you want them to deliver, they deliver the entire Denver metro area. If your order is 100 bucks or more, that delivery is going to be free. You can find Argonaut off of Colfax, and you can see why Westward named it the best liquor store in Denver. Five years running. Order online today or stop by Colfax. ArgonautLiquor.com. That's going to do it for us. Alex, great job today. Same with you, Danny. Terry, you were simply marginal. And I was even worse. <laughs> Both of us will try and do better tomorrow. Good times, come on. Celebrate.